Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Follow me on Twitter at MikeFChen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. It is Tuesday, September 29th, 2020, and a rough day out in Indiana. I'm talking about all three major colleges, including Notre Dame. And we'll get to the Notre Dame stuff at the end of talking about the other two schools. That means Purdue and Indiana. And we'll start off with what's going on at Purdue, because I think this is the biggest issue going on in the state, in the Big Ten state. And I think there's a bigger issue going on at Notre Dame, but we'll keep with Purdue first. Purdue is sending 13 student athletes plus one student home. They have been suspended for having a party which violated the new rules of the student code of conduct. Now, granted, none of these athletes are football players or participating in fall sports, so that is something good that's coming out of this. However, this is bad. This is very bad. This is not good at all. And I'm talking about the way that Kevin Warren said when he initially responded and they brought out the return to competition committee with him and they explained some very easy rules as to how football would be played and and fall sports will be played this year. A 5% rate within the football team, a 7.5% community rate. And the community rate has to do with players coming in and out of the athletic facilities, which includes players who are not participating right now. That 7.5% is a community rate. It's not just for that team because they interact with other athletes. The football team is not isolated. Now, some facilities, uh, I know for a fact that, say, Ohio State, their football facilities is pretty much just the football players. They've got other facilities for other teams. But, I mean, that's Ohio State. Their athletic budget is through the roof. I don't specifically know about other teams. I've been to other places, but, uh, you know, I haven't seen the other, you know, I, I know Minnesota's got some nice facilities. I know Purdue's got some great facilities, but let's be real here. Seven and a half positive, the seven and a half percent positivity rate. This is not good. This is a bad look for Purdue. Very, very bad. And they're not the only team in the state that's struggling with handling this kind of thing. Because, uh, like I said, uh, Notre Dame's having issues as well. They had to cancel their most recent game against Wake Forest after they had seven players test positive for the coronavirus. And then yesterday, they announced that more players, more players. This is getting a little bit nuts, all right? So right now... uh, They have 18 players in isolation. The seven that were positively tested last week are still in the quarantine away from everybody else. But you can add 11 more to that. They have 25 total in isolation and 14 in quarantine. That is 39 total players. Remember... 85 scholarships, 39 players. That's almost half of their team. That's big. That's important. 
That's why Purdue's sending these kids back. They are suspending those kids that went to a party, the 13 athletes plus one student. They're sending them home, violating the code of conduct. And I don't disagree with it one bit. This is all on the athletes. The Big Ten, and I've said this before, the Big Ten put it in their court. They said, here, look, you guys want to play? These are our parameters. You follow the rules. You stay inside the parameters. You have low testing rates. You have low positivity rates. You can play football again. But this is a group as well. Because it wasn't just the football team that they put in there. They put in a community rate as well. And that's the key here. Those 13 student athletes, it's part of the community rate. And for those athletes to make a decision like that that's going to affect the rest of the athletic department, I completely understand why Purdue decided to suspend those those players and that one student. 13 players, one student. So 14 total people. And it's unfortunate because that's not the look that the Big Ten wants. That's definitely not. All right, we'll stay in Indiana. And this one's big. This one's an on-field thing. This is Marcelino Ball, the safety, the fifth-year senior. He's out for the year with an ACL injury. This is a big blow to Tom Allen's squad. He was an honorable mention all-conference last year, which meant that he was one of the better players in the conference. He wasn't the best player in the conference at the position, but one of the better ones. And losing ball for the season is going to hurt. You can't replace experience, which ball had plenty of. You can't have, obviously, his knowledge on the field. And that really is going to hurt Tom Allen's squad this year, I think. It really does. That's That's the area I think that that Indiana always struggles with is on the defensive side of the ball. I think they've got plenty of offense. Michael Penix comes back off of an injury. Now he's got to stay healthy. But they've got Stevie Scott coming back. They've got a good stable of running backs. They have Whoop Vylor, one of the best names in all of college football. That's one of their wide receivers. He's coming back. Offensively, I think Indiana's going to put up some points. But they need to get stops in order to win games, and Ball would have really been a big-time player for them this year, and it's very unfortunate for Ball, and, and we'll see what he ends up doing. You know, as a fifth-year senior, he's probably has already graduated. Uh, will he graduate transfer and, and go play his final season somewhere else? Will he just say, I've had enough, and move on, try to move on to the next level, or will he try to rehab and apply for a sixth year through the NCAA because he 100% can do that. I mean, an injury, that there, you know, that that's an easy yes from the NCAA to get that extra year. You're a fifth-year senior you know, in preseason and you, you tear an ACL and you're out for the year. Yeah, I think the NCAA is very lenient on those, very, very lenient. They should let him go, but that's just – it hurts. So – uh, obviously, a difficult day in the state of Indiana yesterday. Not very good 
for Purdue, for Indiana, and even a non-Big Ten school in Notre Dame. It It was a rough one yesterday. Very, very rough. We'll go one state over to the west and stick with the fighting Illini. They're losing wide receiver Edwin Carter to the transfer portal. The redshirt sophomore only played one game, so not a huge loss for Lovey Smith and his squad, but you know, anytime that Lovey Smith has a guy that uh, is a younger guy right now, especially, he's looking at filling those positions with transfers. And so I get it. I, I understand. And that's a, it's a frustrating part for Carter, I'm sure, because he was probably over-recruited uh, by transfers. And it's just it's just rough because you know you uh, you know yes uh, Daniel Morbahebe and Josh Morbahebe you got the Behebe brothers both transfers uh, you know you've got plenty of other, the the trio of USC transfers uh, from last year uh, you know you've got a lot of uh, wide receiver talent that has entered the program from the transfer portal and it it you know. When you go three years through the system, you only play in one game, and you continue to see your coach going out and getting players that have been in other systems on other teams and not grinding for the Illini, I'm sure that hurts, and I'm sure that had to play into Carter's decision. So uh, as soon as we know where Edwin Carter is off to, I'll I'll let you know, but not a huge loss, but uh, I completely understand the move by Carter. And you know, it, it makes sense. If I was him, I'd probably be looking for playing time as well because you're getting over-recruited by guys who have been in other programs, who have been grinded in Champaign for three years trying to make it. Just guys who were at other schools, and all of a sudden, boom, they're starters. So that hurts. That hurts. But it, it is what it is. It's unfortunate, but that uh, that is college football. Um Staying with a little bit of the COVID numbers, uh, we'll go out to Iowa. Iowa yesterday updated their current numbers, uh, and they tested 743 people this past week, seven positive. Uh, That is under a 1% positivity rate. I don't even need to do the math for that one. That's under a 1%. That is what we're looking for. That is great numbers. Iowa is in line with what the Big Ten is looking for. Big time. So good job, Iowa. I know they've had some issues previously with the coronavirus. So hopefully they've learned. Hopefully the athletes have made some changes. And, you know, with rapid testing, I think that this is, you know, this is good. This is good for the school. It's good for the Big Ten. It's good for everybody. But those numbers by Iowa is a correction. It's good. The athletes have realized that they needed to do things differently in order to continue to play and get ready for fall sports and move on to the winter and the spring. So that hats off to the uh, athletes at, at Iowa. They've had issues with the coronavirus. They've had a shutdown already. They've had to shut things down just a few weeks ago, earlier this month. They were shut down. So getting these kind of numbers from the Hawkeyes, big, big, very, very important. Some good news for rivals Ohio State and Michigan. Michigan 
the NCAA has cleared Jalen Mayfield. Now, I did tell you that they, you know, that that they had get, gotten back out on the practice field that Mayfield has, and same with uh, the Buckeyes with Sean Wade and Wyatt Davis. They all three of them now have been cleared by the NCAA. But I know, like I told you last week uh, earlier, that uh, Wade. And Davis, along with Mayfield, they've all returned to the practice field. So this was just more of a, a an official NCAA announcement as we await the NCAA announcement for other players. Uh, I don't think that there's any issues with Michigan State and Jacob Panasuic. Uh, he didn't ever opt out to the NFL. He just opted out of the season. And you know, obviously he has decided to return, so his hurdles – not really, because he never signed with an agent. He was just going to redshirt and then play out his final year. So uh, that one should be easy. But we're still waiting, and we are going to continue to wait on Rashad Bateman and Rondell Moore. They were two players who opted out very, very early. Now with uh, Wade and Davis, their situations, they'd only, you know, even if they had signed with agents, they'd only been with agents for less than a week. Uh, Mayfield, a little bit longer, but not quite as long as Moore Bateman. So that's what we're waiting on here. We're, we're waiting on the NCAA to decide whether or not that they can revert course with Rondell Moore, Rashad Bateman, two star wide receivers in the Big Ten. And we'll see what they end up actually doing. I do think that the NCAA is going to be very lenient with this. And I can't see them not being lenient with this. I think they have to be. This is a a different circumstance, something that they're not used to. And I think at this point in time, you just have to say, you know what? Uh, We are going to make an exception, and we're going to have to make an exception because this is not normal. It's not. So I do expect at some point in time that the NCAA will give clearance to more abatement, and I hope it's soon because the teams have started to practice. They're going to start going live soon. Very soon, a lot of them are looking at uh, the beginning of next month, uh, which is right around the corner, which is on Thursday. Maybe, probably not this week, to be honest with you. Most of them, I bet, will just be uh, getting some conditioning in and then, you know, maybe some shells for this week and then really starting to starting to hit, get a three-week ramp up into hitting because the season's fast approaching. We are less than 30 days away. October 24th is Big Ten's first weekend. And speaking of that, uh, the AP voters, uh, you know, they came out, and a lot of AP voters actually didn't vote for the Big Ten. They didn't vote for some of the big teams, uh, the, the, the conference teams, and their rationale behind it made sense, plenty of sense. Um, there were multiple of them that actually didn't vote for Big Ten teams, and, and they said, well, without data points, we don't want to see a bunch of O&O teams up there. We want to give credit to teams who have played, who have been on the field. They can't judge teams that haven't been on the field. That makes sense to me. We're perfectly fine with that. As soon as there's data points that they can draw to and say, all right, this team is looks better than that team, et cetera, et cetera, then you, you can move more Big Ten teams in there. But that's why you saw yesterday – when I went over the polls, there weren't a lot of Big Ten teams in there. There were a lot more Big Ten teams in the polls during the preseason when the initial polls came out. But 
the return of the Big Ten, and, and they won't, like like I said, we're looking at a little over three weeks until they actually get back on the field. And so makes sense to me. I'm perfectly fine with that. I'm okay with the, the voters not having Big Ten schools in there and not everyone voting for Big Ten schools. Stick to your guns. Good with it. I think it's smart. I think it's a, a good way to go about things. And at some point in time, you'll see a, a market correction with this. So it is what it is. I, I don't think any Big Ten team should be worried right now about what they're ranked. Because in an odd season like this, who the hell knows what the College Football Playoff Committee is going to do? Who really knows? And that will do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. Once again, I appreciate the listen. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at MikeFChen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. Rate us, reviews, and share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great Tuesday, Big Ten fans. I will talk to you tomorrow morning.